Another podcast episode of Everyday El Dorado. I'm Deanna Bond, your host, and I'm going to play with intros until I find one that sticks. In this episode, you will hear the final board of Butler County Commissioners weekly meeting. I was at the county courthouse on the final day of the calendar year ending 2018 for the commissioners meeting. And while the federal government was still on shutdown, our commissioners were hard at work. But it's not always hard work at the commission. They like to have fun, too. And welcome guest today appearing before the commission was Miss Augusta 2019 Sierra Marie Bond, who introduced herself and her social initiative, Let's Go Full Steam Ahead. Reverend Gilson, attorney at Episcopal Church, to lead us on vacation. Let us pray. Gracious God, at nearly the beginning of this new year, we pray your abundant blessings on Butler County and all its cities, townships, villages, people, employees, and county commission. We pray that the county commission may lead us in working together for harmony and grace in this county, remembering always that people are more important than laws in your sight. Pray that 2019 will be a year of grace to this county, this state, and to this country. In the name of your beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Pledge allegiance. Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Uh, commission minutes from December 18th. Changes or corrections? Hey, Mr. Chair, um, I might uh, suggest one um, addition to the minutes for the uh, board to consider this morning. Uh, this is on page three of five under item number two. Uh, and uh, I, I'm just suggesting uh, for our consideration to add a sentence there to read uh, something like this. Uh, commissioners and Ms. Knowles discussed a perceived trend toward lower attendance at senior center lunch events and whether this related to change or whether this could be related to changes in socialization habits on the part of our seniors. Uh, I, I'm just suggesting that because that was a, uh, I felt a relevant part of our discussion. Uh, Write that out by chance. I did, yes. Because oh, you can get to Chelsea. Okay. And so that's, uh, if um, if there are no objections uh, or any other changes on uh, the members of the board would bring forward, I would uh, move to uh, adopt the minutes from, um, let's see, December 18th, I believe it is, uh, 2018, uh, as amended. That's a good observation to make. Have that included. So we have a motion and a second by Myers and Masterson. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion passes 4-0. Uh, public comments. We may address the board.
my name is Sierra Bond. I am originally from El Dorado, but I currently reside in Wichita, attending Wichita State University, and obviously I am Miss Augusta. I have actually been emailing Mr. Johnson about my platform, my social initiative called Let's Go Full Steam Ahead, which is an educational initiative built around supporting science, technology, engineering, arts, and math education for underrepresented minorities, specifically young women, and encouraging encouraging them to pursue their opportunities and dreams within STEAM education. I mentioned I go to Wichita State. I am a biomedical engineering student, so this is a cause near and dear to my heart. In the past year, since I've been crowned, actually I was just crowned in September, I have been able to work with the city of Augusta to pass a proclamation honoring a Women in STEAM Week, so highlighting individuals who have made a positive impact in the realm of science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. And I am looking to do the same, something that Mr. Johnson and I have been discussing. So I just wanted to introduce myself and say hello and say I look forward to working with you on this. Questions for me? No? Do you live in Augusta now? I you're do from El Dorado and you go to Wichita State and you're Miss Augusta? Correct, yes, because I serve the Butler County and the state of Kansas. So gotcha. it, all, it all works out. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, good question. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk a little bit about what STEAM yeah, so STEAM, like I said, science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. Um, it is kind of, a lot of people are familiar with the term STEM, um, which I see head shaking, so yes. Um, what happens is some people focus on the differences between STEM education with, and liberal arts education, or just the arts in general, and they say, oh, well, there's very clear differences between the two, and they're sometimes seen at odds, but um, a common example I like to give is that I am a biomedical engineer, but I'm also a violinist, and there is mathematics involved to playing the violin, how the violin is engineered, how it's designed, the rhythms and the way that you hold the bow, everything is down to a science, but it's not just a science, it's not just an engineering, it's just not, it's not just an art. They're intrinsically and infinitely related in so many ways, and so I like to bring that example, my own personal example, into classrooms, so I work... Um, in a variety of places, but uh, I actually just got done working at Colvin Elementary, a very underserved um, school in Wichita, part of the USC 259, um, and I get to share with those elementary school students how awesome STEM and STEAM education can be. So when you take something that you enjoy doing and something that you're learning in the classroom and actually apply it in the real world, their interest is sparked instantaneously, and they're like, wow, I didn't realize that I could be a girl and an engineer. I didn't realize that I could be... Um, an artist and an architect. I didn't know I could be all of these things, but now I know that I have the potential, so I definitely want to keep pursuing it. Studies show that um, when we expose students in a positive way early on, they're more likely to pursue that interest later on. And right now we have half a million unfilled tech jobs in industry in America alone with an expectation of a million unfilled tech jobs by 2020, which is an, a million opportunities to innovate and just grow industry. And if we're not addressing women in these fields, or we're not addressing underserved populations, how are we going to fill that gap? Um, so that's just kind of been something that has been very, very near and dear to my heart. Um, and so working on proclamations like these, working on proclamations like that with the city of Augusta, um, just kind of raises awareness of what STEAM is and allows us to move forward in educational and impactful ways. Did I answer your question? <laughs> Perfect. Any what others? What's your name again? Sierra Bond. Sierra Bond. Yeah, yeah, we we are related. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> I just, I just, it's early in the morning. It it's okay. Yeah. <laughs>
Anything else under public comments? On to items of business, request for homestead lot split for Paul and Jane Heidi. Uh, this request for homestead lot split for Paul and Jane Hyde, maybe. Uh, the tract of land contains 155 uh, acres uh, at 145th and Southwest 140th Street near Leon. Uh, they propose to split an eight-acre uh, eight tract of land uh, with a place of 71 acres and APO on uh, some of the remaining property out of the 155. Um, staff uh, feels that uh, it meets the requirements uh, for the <coughs> homestead and the lot split APO and uh, recommends Mr. Johnson. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> a few times lately, and I think this was um, one of the times uh, that this has happened, uh, but uh, uh, perhaps uh, two, three, four times in the last couple of months or so, our, you know, the, the analysis that we've been given or the background and so forth um, hasn't actually referenced or, or mentioned what the disposition was at the planning commission and what the vote was or or any or any you know like major points of discussion or anything like that and, and i i looked through this pretty carefully and you know i could have missed it but i didn't see it this time either and i just no thought, you didn't and i've, I've seen that on there I, as we look for the vote yeah and i just thought i would i just thought i would flag that today because um and david took the day off because this was kind of a <laughs> An easy one, and he asked about it, and I was like, uh, "Yeah, that's fine." Possibly, if you could, if you could, I, I've got the packet to appropriate staff or whatever. Uh, that that is helpful to, to the commissioners, uh, you know, somewhere in our summary sheet. If if we see, uh, you know, yeah, if we if we see just something about what the vote was, or uh, because, but in, in this case, neither the our summary sheet nor the. Um, a portion of the planning commission meeting minutes that I, no, or whatever it is. I, 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 just, I was looking in the minutes here and it does not reference that, so I'm looking through the whole. Anyway, I just I just felt that I'm, I'm assuming that it was approved by the planning commission and all that, and, and it seems perfectly routine. But and, and honestly, we are looking at a way on these to move them straight to the county commission um, because. The last meeting, there was only two homestead lot one, two APOs, homestead lot splits on the planning commission agenda, and it took all of 10, 15 minutes for the meeting. Um, some counties are doing these administratively. I don't feel that's wise to do. I think it at least needs to come to the county commission, but I don't know if it's necessary to bring APO lot splits in front of the the planning commission per se. I don't know if any of these ever really got turned down, but to bring them straight to the commission uh, for approval may. Uh, so those do have, uh, of course, they do have, um, uh, they still go through the process of uh, notifying neighboring landowners and all that. And Yeah, we don't uh, normally I, get much on right. that, but I mean, I, um, is there a requirement or is it mandatory that a planning commission meeting be held every month? No, it's not mandatory to have one. They're only held if there are cases to be heard or there's items. So you don't have to hold one every month. You could you could hold off. But the problem you run into, you, you don't want to hold up people that have uh, an application in the queue uh, for 30 or 60 days. 
done uh, a simplified measure. So we're research. I'm not saying on it. We're researching to see if there's a smoother way, easier way to expedite these uh, for the county commission and for the applicants and for the sake of the planning commission to cut one thing out of there if possible. But um, there is that aspect of the, the public hearing as well. And somebody could oppose, I guess, could oppose a lot split. Any opposition to an APO comes from the landowner themselves. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for half and they've decided to do that, then they're yeah. in agreement with the Because they're wanting to do a lot. Do Most of them are wanting to do a lot split to get that smaller lot. Well, for a mortgage. And it's mortgage based. <laughs> you know, build a house. Why would you do this? The lending companies won't lend on, a, on a house and land. Don't want them tied up together because they're hard to move. Uh, you say you build a three hundred thousand dollar house, and then you know people say that's high, but out in the country where we're seeing these, that's probably the average price of some of these houses being built out there. Then you tie into it land that could be anywhere from forty-five to six thousand dollars an acre. Then that price gets up really high, really quick, and it may be property somebody inherited. So they ain't got a lot of skin in the game, but if they default on the house and the house is tied to the land, then the bank's got to try to sell sell both of them. Uh, would you not say that a um, homestead lot split perhaps is a bit more uh, prospective, uh, looking towards the future, whereas the mortgage lot split typically is like present time there is a yeah more imminent uh well and i don't know i think both of them are imminent i think they're they're in a situation on the homestead lot split they're they're moving and wanting to sell it split it off that's homestead lot yeah the homestead lot split versus the mortgage lot split the mortgage lot split is uh, it's going to be quicker for sure you're splitting it off to build a home the homestead lot split typically what they're doing there is splitting it off to Sell off the house or, or a portion of the, the property, or perhaps, uh, perhaps, uh, or deed it de over to a family, to a descendant, yes, or something, yeah. and just not wanting that descendant. I mean, just for business reasons, there's no point in having a descendant own this big acreage, or I mean, that's just going to. Uh, yeah, I think there's several more reasons why you do a homestead lot split versus a mortgage lot split. Obviously, mortgage lot split, they're going in, they're going to build, or they're deeding it over to a, a family member to build it. It's going to be vacant land. The homestead lots, but obviously they're up with a, with a structure per se. Sorry, I've got off base. On this. Are you uh, ready for a motion? I'm ready, sir. Uh, I'll make a motion to approve the request submitted by Paul and Jane Heidi for an eight plus or minus acre homestead lot split with the placement of a. 71 plus or minus acre APO on property located at 145 Southwest 140th Street in Leon, Kansas, and direct the chairman to sign the APO agreement. Okay. Uh, we have a motion by Wheeler, second by Masterson. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries 4 0. Item is Public Works Landfill Compactor Bid Award. He didn't ask me to handle this one, so let me find out where Mr. Lutz is at. Up ahead, or was he coming in tomorrow? I think he might have been coming <laughs> in tomorrow. <laughs> there was that that pause. And items. Uh -huh. So 
if we could sk skip down to the legislative. I'm ready to clean this up, Ed. Up one last comment or one small change, minor change in some wording last week. I'm still waiting to hear something uh, from the appraiser or from legislators on the issue with the wind farms add into it, but I'd like to at least get a draft in front of you to consider next week so we can get this thing seen. I always tweak the one. All those are currently taxed or beta for two. Unless there's any other items mission fields we need to add to it. same position we're in will that the one i'm sure of is gray county right obviously because it was built before ours um but i'm gonna need to do some checking just wonder what the third one was after us or fourth or whatever i don't know I honestly, after ours and things kind of settled down a few years after ours, I haven't really paid a lot of attention to the wind farm industry per se. I mean, it doesn't have a bearing on what we do here. Um, I, I know there's a bunch of them that went up, and I still look out the window almost weekly and see them coming through El Dorado here, coming up out of the boys coming up out of Texas. Seems to be they must be producing. Um, the structure somewhere down south too, because there's a ton of them coming through. Know exactly where they're all going. I don't imagine they're going in state somewhere, but there's a bunch of loads come through El Dorado and west. Oh, go yeah. and west. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. To be honest with you, I don't really have a good feel as to how many are exempt or not exempt. I can tell you that two for sure are beyond that. About getting with PVD and the Department of Revenue. That's what I've asked uh, Deb to do as well as to give me some. That is an issue. I just don't believe constitutionally that you can have two identical properties that are taxed in two different ways. I worth pursuing, wouldn't it? Yeah. Numbers. We consider uh, it's a $150 million project sitting out there, or it was when it was built. On what it's worth now with depreciation. Pursuing. Okay. I'll make Daryl get these done to you. Morning, Commissioners. I'm uh, Daryl Luce, Director of Public Works. 
item for you, uh, item uh, E2 on the agenda is for the uh, approval of the uh, purchase of a landfill compactor three weeks ago, but uh, still bids to the county commission. For a landfill compactor, we received bids from three of uh, four vendors that uh, we solicited and uh, attached to your agenda report should be a copy of the bid tabulations. Uh, on the, uh, for the outright purchase uh, and also based upon the uh, productivity of machines, it seems pretty straightforward to us that the, the uh, BOMAG uh, from Barry Tractor, uh, they gave us the best bid. Uh, we did, as part of this process, uh, asked for a guaranteed buyback uh, option. Um, Humdinger equipment did not offer us anything, and, and actually, in all of our conversations with them, they were really promoting buyback option. Uh, the full equipment on the Caterpillar would not give us a guaranteed buyback a bid. They would only do a guaranteed trade-in. That creates a commitment to us that we make uh, because at the end of the service life of, a, uh, of our equipment, uh, we like to be, be able to evaluate on a clean slate and take advantage of any available um, uh, new lines of equipment or equipment options. Uh, as far as overall performance, uh, we've had much better um, productivity performance out of the BOMAG than have out of the Caterpillar. And that's not to say anything bad about the Caterpillar. The Caterpillar machine is a good machine, but their tire, their wheel setup uh, does not work good in a landfill. And we've pressed them to, uh, to go to a different type of wheel design. Uh, so they did bid as an alternate uh, an optional wheel design, but it, it adds quite a bit to the price of the machine. We're satisfied with the BOMAG. Cost is well within our uh, budget estimate for, uh, for the, this machine. Uh, we would like to opt to add on the extended uh, full machine warranty, which is their premier extended warranty. It's a five-year, 6,000-hour warranty that covers basically the entire machine. Um, that option, the net, or the outright purchase price, I should say, because we're, uh, we're proposing to not trade in, uh, we want to sell outright, so the net, or the uh, purchase price with the warranty um, is $612,073. Uh, this time, I would be glad to answer any questions. Yeah, we're going to keep the bow mag uh, that we have and move it over to the CND landfill. We have a Caterpillar 816F uh, in the CND and put that machine up for It'll bring far more than the trade-in amount. How much do you think it's worth? Just guessing. I don't I'm think guessing it probably north of fifty, sixty thousand um, dollars with it 
it's, it's a 2002 machine, but we had it rebuilt, the certified rebuild on it um, about back in 2010, about eight years. Um, and there's still some pretty good life. We've had some interest already from some other landfills in the area that we're very interested in. Uh, history on it, a uh, service history that we can provide to whoever wants to buy it, and that's, you know, that's worth quite a bit. So. Um, how many compactors are, you know, in, on duty, so to speak, or, or in, in use in landfill? One compactor. One compactor, and, and, and this particular purchase would become that compactor. That is correct. Uh, how uh, how different uh, is the uh, you know says uh, this is the, the one that we're uh, thinking about buying here is the same model and size class of I guess the current Bomag. Yes. Is there are there uh, any um, you know uh, new features or technology uh, uh, nuances to the new machine uh, that are significant or we have uh, compared to the current Bomag? Um, really the only uh, the main difference uh, is in the engine uh, they're, they actually put in their industrial uh, I think it's a Mercedes engine is it, uh, and we have a um, Cummings no we, not Cummings it was a Deutz a Deutz uh, engine um, in the current model so Bobag is German? Yes. The same kind of articulated uh, machine and all same that kind of Same kind of articulated machine, same general overall uh, dimensions, just the uh, engine upgrade. Um, when I say upgrade, it's, it's the engine they um, put in their production machine now. They're pretty fearsome machine to see that thing in action over at the landfill. Yeah, it is. We have added on a um, rear camera, and we are also planning to install an aftermarket wireless um, backup protection type equipment. Um, uh, on automobiles, they're standard. Um, the rear cameras are now fairly standard on equipment, but the, the backup uh, collision detection. It's not quite a standard. Uh, we've opted to go with an aftermarket that we want to put on ourselves uh, because we're not real sure how well it's going to work. Um, and some big debris, or, I mean, yeah, flying debris. I would think you would have some, the aftermarket you detect a, a, an issue that you didn't want right. to detect. Right. We're going to try it, uh, or you know, through our insurance committee. They've we've you know had a couple of. Of, uh, incidents with our machine and probably, you know, probably some, some close calls um, and so anything we can do that helps improve it is, it's like a big box behind you you can't see what's on the other side of that it's like a wall when you're trying to look into someone's right behind you that's where they get a couple pickups um, pick up right behind it just about, <laughs> just about. <laughs> <laughs> Now, We've tested that. Yeah. What kind of close calls are you talking about, Darrell? Um, people backing up right behind the machine and the operator not seeing them 
we're not catching them. Um, we hit a pickup um, here recently. Um, several years ago, we hit another one. But, uh, uh, you know, that could be a person. That's just really scary. Um, but anyhow, we want to, we'll have the camera on it. Um, that's pretty well standard anymore. But we want to try, you know, an aftermarket. We can get it fairly expensive, put it on ourselves. And uh, with it being wireless, we have the ability to adjust the detection sensors uh, to see if we can get it where it's not going to be constantly going off for every flying piece of litter. So. Other than that, no, it's essentially the same uh, machine and configuration um, as our current machine. that 
Uh, we, we need to replace some of the metal brace decking on. It's been a few years since we purchased some of those materials. So, so we've added on this year the, the uh, snowplow motivator blades and the corrugated steel bridge uh, decking. And uh, with that, I'll, I'll answer any questions and recommend approval action. Solicit bids for all of the consumable material listed. Second. Uh, motion by Marston, second by Murphy. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Carries 4 0. Thank you very much. Promisers. I wish everyone a happy New Year's party. Uh, at home. <laughs> <laughs> shop for under a thousand dollars even if it's just a scratch but Association of Counties uh, membership uh, there was uh, 15 and a half thousand. Um, has that gone up a little bit in the last two or three years? Yes, uh, it has gone up some. I was, thought that was kind of more like in the 11,000 range or something like that. I don't know. Uh, anyway, just. I'll, I'll look. I'll pull up the previous years. Is that based on population, well, or? Population assessed valuation. Still stay the same. I mean, well, ours are also the other chart, but as far as rankings. Well, yeah, we were we, <laughs> we were saying maybe they had a new software maintenance contract there at KAC, you know, for their automatic software when they send out emails and stuff. Yeah, I'll email that out for you today. <laughs> Those are my only two questions. I'd move 
approved to approve total warrants $338,377.28. Second. Ashton, second. By uh, Myers. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Securities to the Ads and abates. Uh, move to approve total ads $573.16. Total abates $4,297.36. Second by Wheeler. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Mr. Tracy Morrow. Let's wrap the business. Mr. Wheeler. Uh, yeah, I'd like to uh, get IPS up here, I believe it was last our last meeting. Promises that Murphy's going to keep. Can we get the, uh, have Tony fly the drone over? that done so we can kind of see it before and after because you know he's told us he was going to do things before and he never followed through and i just like to see if there's any it appears that the volume of things that he has out there is diminishing that's one way to tell is if the drone flown over there is that expensive to do to have the drone fly? Or? Well, you'd have to charge it. I think it's been charging. Well, he just stands there in the road and does it, or? I, yeah, somewhere close. Not about him. I think he's programming your coordinates for what you want. Good ones. I just think it would behoove us to. You're looking for a before picture? Yeah, I'd like to see. Well, we've got one before. We can do another. Yeah. <clears throat> the last one taken. Probably 60 days ago. I mean, there should be some things that are disappearing out there. And if they're not, then, you know, there's no use giving him an extension to March 31st or whatever it is. You already did. You already, you already did that. I know, but if he's not... You know, we come to find out he's not moving anything out of there. Then we gave him permission to process. But, you know, process. So again, he, he nothing, nothing more coming in, but something. And it should be. But well, his when is his uh, his new location is available in February? Isn't that what he said? That's my understanding. So the operation should begin moving in February. Yeah. So some things should be. The landscape ought to be clearing up out there, I would think. Oh. Anything else, Commissioner Wheeler? That would be it. Okay. Commissioner Myers? Um, yeah, a uh, couple of things here. Uh, uh, just uh, uh, remembering that uh, Butler County uh, uh, is, uh, you know, we have a, a good presence at the oil industry and so forth. Uh, pipelines, refineries, oil production, and so forth that happens in the county. Um, you know, uh, United States this year, 2018, uh, became the world's largest producer of oil. We reclaimed that distinction after playing second fiddle to you know, Saudi Arabia and, and OPEC, that region of the world. 
uh, for several decades. Um, the uh, you know there are now more reserves estimated. This is a strange thing about the oil industry. We have more reserves in the Permian Basin now than we did ten years ago, or than we've ever had. Even though we've sucked a lot of oil out of there, there's you know, and it it just shows the the um, effects of technology, of working a little harder, of getting a little smarter, more efficient, about getting the um, natural resource, you know, the, the, the oil in a less wasteful way, and so forth. And uh, uh, as you know, there are, uh, you know, there's crude oil and there's crude oil. There are actually some places that you can take the oil that comes right up out of the well bore, put it in your car, and drive your car. It may not be have all the additives that you get, you know, in Shell gasoline or something like that. But it will. Uh, it actually, you know, will will run a modern gasoline engine right out of the ground. Um, there are also stuff that is uh, so uh, thick and heavy and so forth that is actually we always say you know, oil floats on water. There are actually some. Uh, types of crude that will not float on water that are actually slightly heavier than, than water, but uh, you know the light crude is um, uh, a um, you know that's kind of like the um, oh what do I want to say you know that that that's sort of the holy grail of oil this day and they call sweet uh, let, let me uh, let me let me just read a couple of paragraphs here. Uh, the headline here from um, the news report uh, of December 27th, 2018. U.S. shale, uh, U.S. shale's blows leave Middle East oil producers staggering. The U.S. oil industry is delivering a one-two punch to Middle East producers already reeling from a collapse in prices. Tussle is playing out in the market for so-called light oils, which have a lower sulfur content and are less dense than the heavier varieties. When processed, these grades typically yield a higher amount of fuels like gasoline and naphtha. And now American supplies are weighing on prices for such crude, for such crudes, as well as fuels made from them. Light oil pumped in U.S. shale fields is increasingly making its way to Asia, undercutting sales by the likes of Saudi Arabia. Additionally, America is exporting a record amount of refined fuel, contributing to a global glut in gasoline and naphtha. That's hurting some of the biggest members of the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries as they prepare to curb crude output in a bid to stabilize the market. And it kind of goes on from there. But... Fundamentally, on the world chessboard, the resurgence of U.S. petroleum uh, and natural gas and LNG, for that matter, is one of the biggest strategic changes that has happened in the last 50 years um, in terms of just global power, global presence, the whole energy balance. You know, and of course, it's fundamentally good when energy costs less. That's fundamentally good for everybody. Um, at any rate, just uh, uh, I just uh, saw that uh, uh, 
uh, it, that, that, that was a link in an email I got in my county commission email that I followed. Uh, and uh, so uh, just, you know, good for, you know, we're having our part in that here in Butler County. Um, uh, so that that was one item. Um, I think that's reflected in the dollar eighty nine gas you can well, buy now. Yeah, I think so. You know, have you been to Jumpstart? Super premium cash price dollar fifty eight. We have a mini gas floor on our corner, and I love it. <laughs> Got a Jumpstart over there. Go there, Dex. I'm down to quarter tank. Dollar sixty on your debit card. Dollar fifty eight. Your super premiums. There's a jump start there. Jump start. Well, jump start took over from Circle K. Right on our. There's a little gas floor on our corner. Which corner is it? Right. Is that the southwest corner? Southwest. Casey's is always high. Me and Daryl are the beneficiary of. Well, y'all need to share the wealth a little bit. Well, you know where we live. At, at any rate, uh, yeah, so um, that was, you know, just a, you know, kudos to the uh, petroleum industry and all the people that, uh, you know, work hard in there. Again, that's uh, at uh, every level, I guess, you know, the STEM, of course, and I don't know, maybe there's some, uh, maybe some people consider the refinery a work of art, too. I, <laughs> but uh, uh, moving on here to, um, uh, Something else, um, I, I believe Mr. Johnson emailed us uh, or forwarded us the financial report from Pleasant Township or the financial audit report from Pleasant. Somebody did. I think they did. Think oh, they, they did. did. They the did. Treasurer did that. Okay. okay. I think that was. I have that. not. I've not seen it. Okay. So. I, I looked at that. I I just thought. The report basically <laughs> said nothing. I mean, they were they referred in sort of dark terms to, you know, I, I mean, but it was like I don't know whether it was. I mean, it was completely unsatisfactory. I mean, they had uh, a report that all the unanswered questions I think still are unanswered. You know, now it's four or five years <laughs> it's gone by, and maybe they never you know uh, maybe the answers never be never be there, but. Like, well, the treasurer of the township sent that. Gee, I just yeah, that's who sent it to us. Yeah, um, yeah, Andrea. I just sent it to him. I was curious when we got it. It was 2004, so I wasn't here. Actually, this was uh, let's see, from uh, Chad and 2014 oh, no. financial statement. Uh, he's, uh, he's, he's the auditor, yeah, he's the yeah. auditor, yeah. So he, he sent that, and and the report, you know, I just thought the report was just kind of a great big cop out. I mean. Um, at any rate, uh, that's uh, what was the purpose in our getting it? I didn't really. Ask and a two thousand and a two thousand fourteen. Why did you get it? Fourteen, right? Two thousand fourteen. I didn't. What was your assessment? Why did we receive that? Well, I thought it was just, um, you know, informational, just due to uh, the, the um, fact that uh, I mean that was back in the thick of you know. Accusations were flying right and left about financial mismanagement and mis, uh, you know, misappropriation or mis expenditures of funds. You know, whether they were being, whether it was really for public benefit or not, and, and, and the records were apparently like, in really, really poor shape. At least that's what we 
that was what was being flung about. And uh, from, from he that, directed to give this to us, you think? Well, I think there was a, maybe a, a statutory requirement. But you know, requirement. It would have been required to give it to well, a long time. It, it says here, pre, uh, per Kansas statute, KSA 80-04, township trustees are required to submit their annual reports to the county commissioners. Attached is the annual 2014 audit report for Pleasant Township uh, that the Pleasant Township Board requested I send to you. This was their auditor, Mr. Nantra. And so he sent the report, and where's 16, 15, 13, and 12? Uh, you know, he sent the report, but really the report, to me, the most noticeable or notable thing about it was there was absolutely, there was absolutely no clarification about anything. And, and, um, and you know, he, well... But, but I will defer to somebody a little more expert than I on <laughs> I just thought I, I was absolutely as clueless after reading that report as I was prior to it. And it's just a basic audit. So. But, but he, it seemed like he expressed no opinion about anything. It said, I'm expressing no opinion about this. I'm expressing no opinion about this. I'm expressing no opinion about this. And, uh, so, there was one thing on page six of, of the report, something about a, a, a about uh, something being directory rather than mandatory or something like this. And I thought, what kind of a what is that all about? Um, let's see if I can find it. Basically, what it's saying there, it says rather, although directory, it's saying that it's not mandatory you follow this. It's it's suggested you follow these timelines. Well, I mean, I wasn't. I, I just wasn't that's sure. What it, that's what that statement. Directory in that meant, in, in that context meant the law directs you to do this. Well, that's what mandatory means. means. The law says you got to do it. I wasn't sure what kind of. It's poorly, just, it's, very, poorly, it's poorly written sentence. So, I, I didn't receive the clarification that I was hoping to receive from it. That, that's on to him, to the auditor? Well, no, not really, because I think I, I, I just, I was, as I say, deferring, you know, as, as a mere <clears throat> commissioner. <laughs> Somebody who would have, uh, I'm really not, uh, That's the, that's the timeline the statutes set forth, but there's no um, penalty if you don't follow them. Return your county attorney. Taking. Request everybody to follow. Well, I'm basically that's hitting on the 25th. And, Public hearing has to be done the 15th, 10 days prior to. So number four there on that list is the date you work off of and then work backwards to hit all your other dates. I don't have anything else. I have nothing. Okay. 
find the vote. On the homestead last one, it was 6 0. Yes, that there were seven in attendance. It doesn't say because the minutes, I can't get into Granicus on my computer, something's going on. But I bet if you look at the minutes that are included in your packet, um, those are November's minutes and not December's. Looked at the ones that's in the folder here. The folder minutes are from November instead of December. But in the in the packet, he's got a uh, voting procedure, and there was it passed six zero. And the chairman doesn't vote unless to break a tie. The planning commission. So that's that. Um, that the one question. Commissioner Myers, you had on the vehicle that's the appraiser's office uh, on O2 um, that I will, I'll verify and then I'll get the question answered. Special statements as well. I'm proud to say we're not doing any budget amendments uh, this year. Uh, good. Uh, and uh, we're not having to make the, a transfer to the jail fund. Things worked out. It, although we did transfer money into it earlier. I don't have, yeah, and Toby's doing a great job about that. And, and, and all the crew, it's just not Toby. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah I mean, good crew. Uh, I don't have anything else. Um, back uh, next week, swearing in will not be till the following week. I tell you, the got everybody lined out, judges, to come over and do that. Yep, so the 15th we'll do that. <laughs> oh, and I've got some new iPads for the re-elected commissioners to replace, update, we replace those every four years. Unless you don't want them to. They're working fine, great, but I think it might be time. Anything <laughs> else? Last bite of the apple. I will make a motion to adjourn. I'll second. Wheeler Murphy, all in favor? Aye. Aye. We're adjourned. Okay. I think it's worth noting that Commissioner Myers has got his iPad here. I think he's 2019 is going to be the year that he's going to start using his iPad. Hey, if you listen to this uh, podcast all the way through, thank you. This podcast was brought to you by your tax dollars. Board of Butler County Commission meeting is recorded live and is publicly available. I will have in the show notes links to where you can get this agenda online. If you would find me on Facebook, let me know that you listen to this. Be nice. I'm only going to respond to positive comments. But I, I would welcome your, your input and your insights. And um, if you'd be interested in listening to podcasts like this in the future. Thanks, thanks for joining me. Have a great day. And remember, every day is a great day in El Dorado. Okay.